radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Friday Val and Beans. So it's a busy, busy, busy show today. Um, and, you know, I was just saying to you before we went live for audio, if you have been following the podcast for any length of time over the past year, you will have every you will know everything about Missouri v. Biden because I've pounded it ad, ad nauseum for everybody. <laughs> just, this is really important. Listen to this. And then we had a couple days off on the show because I was there in Louisiana at the, the hearing that they had to make the decision to grant the preliminary injunction on the case. So we're going to go over it quickly on July 4th. The judge in this case, Missouri v. Biden, which is a case about censorship, Missouri and Louisiana and a bunch of private plaintiffs um, sued the government saying that they coerced or threatened or pressured social media companies to remove content and censor American speech on social media. The judge in the case granted them preliminary um, discovery and expedited discovery and depositions. They did that work. They got about 20,000 pages of discovery back. And they laid out their case for this preliminary injunction. I have covered this in detail the whole way. You can find it on Truth Social. You can find it at Uncovered DC. You can find it on my Twitter. But we had been waiting since May 26th for the judge to issue his order on whether or not he was going to put a stop to the government communicating with social media companies and the private NGOs that they are working with, um, like the Election Integrity uh, project like the Stanford Internet Observatory, like the um, Atlantic Council and all of the other ones that could ever ha- be at all. And he did in a 155 page order and ruling. He ordered the government stop talking to all of those people. Except for a very small group. Which includes. Hold on. Which includes, well, not a very small group, but a, a very small, you know, carve out for what they're allowed to do. Um, what they are allowed to do, they can talk to, that's small. They can talk to social media companies if there is a crime or something of that nature. If there is a serious issue of national security. Um, hold on. They can... Inform social media companies of postings involving criminal activity or criminal conspiracy. They can contact or notify social media companies of national security threats, extortion, or other threats posted on its platform. They can contact or notify social media companies about criminal efforts to suppress voting, to provide illegal campaign contributions, or of cyber attacks against election infrastructure or foreign attempts to influence elections. They can inform social media companies of threats that threaten the public safety or security of the United States. They can exercise permissible public government speech promoting government policies or views on matters of public concern. So like they can post on social media, there's a there's a bomb coming or there's this or there's that or something. They're not. We all know how we all know how they classify threats these days. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. And this is one of the qualms that people like me and others have with this order. However, Well, hold on. They can inform social media companies of postings intending to mislead voters about voter requirements and procedures. Like if somebody says text your vote to 66722, 
they're allowed to tell the social media company that someone's doing that. It's against the law. It's against the law. Um, they can inform or communicate with social media companies in an effort to det- detect, prevent, or mitigate malicious cyber activity, or delete, remove, suppress, or reduce posts on social media platforms that are not protected free speech by the free speech clause in the First Amendment to the Constitution. So if you were literally threatening to kill somebody, they're allowed to say, this person, we're going to have a criminal investigation into them. Please do something about this post. They're trying to kill somebody or threatening to kill somebody or yelling fire in a crowd, whatever. That's not even illegal. But you know what I'm saying. What they aren't allowed to do in this order is meet with social media companies for the purpose of urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech posted on their platforms. They can't specifically flag content or posts or... um, that are urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner for removal, suppression, or reduction of the content containing free speech. So they can't say, we don't like this tweet, remove it. They're not allowed to say that anymore, which they did all the time. They can't email, call, send letters, text, or engage in any communication of any kind with social media companies urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner the deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing free speech. They can't collaborate, coordinate, partner, switchboard, and or jointly work with the EIP, the Virality Project, the Stanford Internet Observatory, or any like project or group for the purpose of censoring Americans' protected free speech. They can't threaten, pressure, or coerce social media companies in any manner to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce posted content of postings containing protected free speech. There's more. They can't do a lot. They can't follow up about things that they've said before. They can't request content reports from media companies asking what detailed actions they have taken against accounts that they flagged. They can't notify social media companies to bolo for postings that contain protected free free speech. They can't. Um, they basically are not allowed to do anything with social media companies that doesn't involve them prosecuting some kind of massive national security threat. Uh, a legal activity or something of that nature, right? And the way, the reason this order is written this way is so that when it's appealed, which it was, the judges can't say, well, this is too broad. I mean, you're stopping them from potentially stopping a, a crime or an, a terrorist attack or blah, blah, blah. There is no provision in this order which does anything of the sort, right? At all. It is, and it is backed up by 155 pages worth of facts that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the U.S. government was directing social media companies how to handle content on their platforms and which demanding that they take posts down that were protected free speech proven Uh, just by just by the just by the direction to not do it anymore. What do you mean? I I mean, as far as the proof is, is the proof in in the uh, the pudding that it's just, you know, they're being told what they cannot do, meaning that that's what the way it was, or? Well, the proof is in the discovery that they received. Hold on, let yeah. me lower this. And the biggest one, honestly, is, hold on. To me, where'd it go? I had to move things around a little bit because of the breaking news that we had gotten, which I'll tell you in a second. The first, um... The first thing in his order is the White House literally directing 
Twitter to remove a post. Mm -hmm. Take this down. You must take this down. Here, I sent it. Hold on. It says... On 12321, right after Biden took office, the White House asked Twitter to remove a tweet from the platform. They said literally wanted to flag the below tweet, and I'm wondering if we can get moving on the process of having it removed ASAP. It was all of this plus more. I'm doing a thread right now. I detailed the first half yesterday. I'll do the second half today. But it's by every defendant, every government department, the discovery that they received that proves out the censorship beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's them threatening social media companies with action should they not adhere. It's them saying your policies aren't good enough. You need to change them. Here's a suggestion on what you should change them to. This is not allowed. It is unconstitutional. The judge wrote the 155-page order or fact set behind the order to give so that when when it was appealed, which it in, inevitably was, um, the judges at the appellate court would look at that and say, and then the order, which doesn't bar them from doing anything that they want to do at all. If, if they were real honest brokers, this they should be fine with this. This shouldn't bother them at all. They should be like, OK, because that would mean they wouldn't they hadn't have been censoring in the first place. But of course they were. Right. So they're appealing. They're appealing and they're angry and they're lying about it. Just this morning, we're going to get into this in a second, but just this morning, they filed a, a motion for a stay. They want the judge to implement a stay on the order and stop it from being implement, like stop it from being in process. So they're saying, judge, halt this while we appeal it because it is a grave threat. It is a grave threat to our democracy, a grave harm to our democracy. To, ha to have their ability to... Uh to get to be in every aspect of social media content curation uh, that is the grave threat the only the only thing and that the, halted i should say their ability to halt it yes yes the yeah. only thing that order halts is their ability to collude with social media on first amendment protected free speech we read it just now the only thing it stops them from doing is from censoring protected free speech so even their objections is proof positive that this is just something that they rely on now yes because if they if this was if this was not an issue and and not common practice then they would be like okay that's fair right right <laughs> i mean they don't even understand it now i saw a whole bunch and we're gonna play a couple quick clips about this but i saw a whole bunch yesterday of the legacy media absolutely crapping all over themselves over this okay they're 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 blatantly lying to the American people about what it is. That doesn't really matter in terms of the case because the judges aren't going to say, oh, well, you know, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals is reading what the judge wrote, not what Barb McQuaid, former Michigan law professor, former U.S. attorney, MSNBC legal analyst, author of a forthcoming book, Frank, Attack from Within, How Disinformation is Sabotaging America, who just provides a slew of disinformation to her followers. When <laughs> when she says, judges order prohibiting contact between federal agencies and social media platforms ignores the threat of hostile foreign adversaries and criminals online. Listen, the, the order specifically carves out for those things. And I put it underneath and I said, I'm just leaving this here so everyone knows what a liar you are because the order specifically details that they're allowed 
to communicate. And some of us on our side are like, oh, see, it carves out for national security. They're just going to use this as a loophole. Clearly, that's not good enough for them. Right. Because if it were, they wouldn't be doing all of this right now. So, <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm talking so much today, but this is kind of the story of the century for me. So, oh, it's huge. Um, it this is big. It's bigger than the uh, the Twitter files. Yes, yes. Because if you read the thread that I did again, like, and you take the time to actually read it, what the judge highlighted out of the fact set that's been provided, it's their own emails. And in the hearing when I was there. The judge asked them, because they're arguing, this is their argument. You guys, they're taking all of this out of context. None of this is what it appears. They're just cherry picking things and trying to make them look bad. And none of it's, you know, really what we're intending on doing. And the judge is like, are those emails real? Are they real? Are you contesting the, 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 you know, the sanctity of them? Are you saying that they're not real? And of course they conceded, yes, they're real. So the judge was basically like, like, it's clear he said, and I can't wait for the transcript to be, you know, freely available. But he said, it's clear what's going on here. Like, they basically tried to gaslight this judge into thinking that the, 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 uh, the plaintiffs just picked whatever out of there and made it made it seem so bad, but it wasn't. It, it's clear as day what's going on. And then the, right. the best part of the hearing, Frank, that nobody is talking about because I was the only reporter who went, just saying, um, is <laughs> I can't I can't even their 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 argument. Like the judge gave them a bunch of statements and said, "Can you please tell me if these are protected free speech or not?" under the constitution. And one of the statements was the COVID vaccines don't work. And another statement was um, gas prices are high because of Joe Biden. And then another the, statement- The, the judge the judge is giving these. The judge is giving these. The judge is saying- That's, that's pretty bold. I've been telling everybody, this judge is so effing amazing. That's he, pretty bold. Yeah. And then he said the election in 2020 was stolen. These are the statements he's giving to the, to the defense for them to tell him whether or not um, they're protected free speech under the Constitution, and, and, and did they and on under they had to say yes, it is all protected no. to everyone. No, they couldn't do it, Frank. They couldn't bring themselves to do it. They oh hemmed gosh. and hawed, and the judge is like pounding them on it. Like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, it depends on who says it. It depends on who says it. And wow. the judge finally got them pinned down about what it is that they're talking about here. Like, he's like, what are you saying when you say it depends on who says it? I'm asking if this is protected free speech for Americans. And he said, well, we don't, this is the deputy attorney general of the United States, by the way, arguing this case. We don't know if it is Americans, if they're being paid by foreigners and they're guilty of FARA violations. So, but here, here, here's the thing. Again, uh, the other question is, what responsibilities does the the United States government have in blocking Americans from any statement made, factual or false, coming from outside of the U.S.? Goose eggs. Goose eggs. I mean, I, what, what, I mean so, so, okay, so, okay, it, it may not be Americans saying it. Are, are, who is the arbiter of... The information, like, I mean, seriously, I mean, we're, we're not adult enough to see 
true or false statements coming from someone outside of the country? What, what the hell? What is this? The, the, the village? This is what the judge has said over and over again. And the judge has literally said that the government has made him made itself into an Orwellian ministry of truth. That Incredible. This judge is, 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 is amazing. The other thing, the judge literally said, the only thing that I see being censored in all of this voluminous discovery that's been provided is conservative speech. Why is that? Why is it, if, if what you're saying you're doing is true, why is it only conservatives that are being censored? Why is it only conservative ideas that are being removed? The government came back and said, well, about 99% of the misinformation just so happens to come from conservatives. No, it, it, the, the, the issue is 99% of the things that people who are not um, died in the wool statist drones. It, it's not even about a current conservative and liberal, conservative and progressive. That is against the uh, more mealy mouth bull crap that we have to uh, that, that we put up with every day as we fight our way through, you know, the, the social aspects of this war. But really what this is all about is a a, a completely off the rails government that yes. ha that needs to create a boogeyman for anything that stands in the way of its continued centralizing of power. They I need mean, to be able to control what Americans consume in the way of information. Again, cognitive infrastructure is something that we've talked about on the show a thousand times. They believe that your thoughts are part of the critical infrastructure of the United States. Therefore, they get to regulate them. This is literally the philosophy of CISA. And CISA is one of the biggest defendants in this case because they are they're guilty. The CISA and the FBI are the two agencies, I think, other than the White House itself, that are most guilty of doing this. Now, I implore everybody to please go to Truth Social, go to Twitter, wherever you're feeling more comfortable, read the thread that I'm doing, get yourself familiar with this case. It is the biggest civil liberties case in American history. What happens in this case is going to determine the future of free speech on social media. It's hand, it's just, I, I like, I don't get like this about many topics, and I've. And been, is this this judge is going to be the final say, or is there they're going to be able to appeal it to the Supreme Court? It'll at the end of the day, no matter what, ha this judge will be the final say. I'm not sure if they ask for a jury trial or not. I'm not sure. This judge will be the final say, but I will tell you, the Fifth Circuit hasn't been very sympathetic to the defendants, to the government. They've been involved in this case already, and now again, like I said, breaking news today. They put in a motion for a stay, meaning they want this to stop because the State Department has had to cancel dozens of meetings they had scheduled with social media companies to discuss things like why someone's not allowed to talk about vaccine hesitancy or what they think about the election or 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 all of these things that Americans are allowed to speak about. Incredible. So so essentially, there's an also the admission that the State Department, the government is uh, their itinerary is filled with meetings with social that would. That with social media companies that would violate all of the 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 norms and the <laughs> of this right. This is what I'm it's saying. It's all they do. This it's is all they do. This is what I'm saying. People understand this, please. All of the things that they would legitimately need to talk to social media companies about are allowed. The only thing that's banned is them colluding with them for censorship of Americans' speech, and they're appealing it and they're saying they disagree with it and they're arguing about it. Here's a clip of Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday being asked about this. 
Specifically, do you disagree with the judge's ruling that, that this coordination was a form of censorship that specifically targeted conservative speech? Look, we dis disagree with the decision. I'll leave it there. And I'm going to let DOJ do their, move forward with yeah, their evaluation leave it process. There. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. DOJ, I mean, come on, lady. You don't even know what you're talking about. Here, wait. Here. Here is... Um, I believe this is uh, Eric Schmidt, who was the AG at the time this was filed. He filed this one um, uh, initially, but is now a senator. This is a clip of him about two minutes long on Fox Business. Because this is a very important free speech matter, and you were the person that launched it. Yeah, and, and by the way, that injunction came out on Independence Day, and I don't think that was any accident. Mm -hmm. As we celebrate you know, our freedoms as a country and what this country is all about and our founding, central to that is the ability for people to speak their minds, to, to express themselves. And uh, the founders were very well aware of what governments try to do, which is to aggregate power and silence dissent. And that's why the First Amendment is the very First Amendment, is those kinds of protections. In that lawsuit, um, when we filed against the Biden administration, we were alleging and now shown um, that they engaged in a vast censorship enterprise and much broader than anybody ever had any idea. And if it wasn't for our lawsuit, it wasn't for Elon Musk buying Twitter and the Twitter files, all this stuff would still be hidden, Larry. Uh, people would be dubbed conspiracy theorists for questioning. Uh, but what they did was, and what's been shown and what the judge agreed is, this is perhaps the most chilling example of censorship in our country's history. And he likened it to an Orwellian ministry of truth. His words, not my words, uh, that's how broad this was. And what they did was, it was almost exclusive conservative speech, the government co uh, coerced these social media giants to take posts down, to deplatform people. They threatened uh, regulatory action. They threatened uh, investigations. Um, they threatened legal action uh, to get them to do their bidding. We had, you know, direct messages from the Surgeon General to high-ranking officials. You had, you know, Anthony Fauci's group demanding things being taken down. They were definitely afraid of anybody disagreeing with the regime's narrative, and that's a very dangerous thing. So this decision by the judge, this injunction is huge. It's a big win for free speech and a crushing blow for censorship. The government's decided they're going to appeal, bring it on. This case probably makes its way all the way to the Supreme Court, and it should because it's the most important free speech free speech case in a generation it's true and i yeah, want yeah and, and again it's not about conservative it uh it just so happens that the judge said it, this too what? <laughs> what you're about to say the judge said it just so happens that this is about conservative you know conservatives are being censored but this case is crucial for all american speech it, it you well, know for example what's going on with threads right now right you, you see, you saw that. Oh yeah, blatant so, censorship. Yeah. So, so what, what are they? What is this new Mark Zuckerberg uh, creation threads to go and challenge Twitter? And essentially, people are like, "Oh, it's just like Twitter, but without Elon Musk." And and uh, and so every there's been a few people who have have made uh, have gone over there to really test it out, and they've made these con you know statements like what the government was. Well, what the the judge was asking the government um, defendant uh, the, the the defendants in this case um, about vaccine efficacy, uh, you know whether or not the election was stolen, things like that. And what they're finding is again that there is not only massive data collection that's just all over the place. I don't even care about the data collection aspect of this. If you're using the internet, then you have already uh, given up all of your rights to privacy, pretty much. And then there is the the aspect of censorship. So what they have tried to create, it recreate, is what Twitter and social media was at large 
prior to this little bit of a wriggling away that they had that we had last year when Elon Musk took over Twitter, because on this threads thing, it's it's the world that the government want you is to. representing. They yeah. want to go back in this case that you're describing right now. It's the world they want to go back to where it's like, oh, yeah, everybody's allowed on. But there's only one type of speech that you cannot stand for. Well, and listen, people are getting- they're not going to be allowed to communicate with threads either. Threads is lumped up into this injunction, too. And the government should never be talking to any social media company directing them on. And I got to say this. People fight with me about it, but I it's blatant in the discovery. These companies didn't want to do this stuff. There are dozens of examples of them fighting back against it, saying this isn't a good idea. We this doesn't violate our policies. We shouldn't be taking this down. They're then threatened by the government. If you don't, then if you don't, then we're going to go after you for antitrust. If you don't, then we're going to go after you for Section 230. And it puts the it puts the social giants in an in a interesting position here, because if they come out in whatever depositions they're going to have to be subjected to and say, oh, we did it willingly, then they will lose their Section 230 protections, right? If they come yeah. out, so they're going to have to say what's true from discovery that we can see. They were forced to do it by the government. It is a winning case all around. That's why I've been clamoring about it. But listen to how CNN talks about this case and this injunction. <laughs> uh, yes, this is a Trump appointed judge, but this judge was confirmed 98 to zero by the Senate. Just reading the words in this injunction, a quote, massive effort by the defendants to suppress speech based on content. Those are the judge's words calling the present case, quote, arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history, Ellie. Yeah. It's a dramatic uh, decision by this judge. If you read through it, he's citing to literature and George Washington and Ben Franklin. Here's what really is astonishing to me. This is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in it's this an American decision. ideology. It's a conservative yep. political it's ideology. American. Right? You saw some of the quotes questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. But the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do Good. is to yeah. micromanage, really, the day-to-day interactions mm-hmm. between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. And in the actual temporary injunction, the judge basically says, you're not allowed, administration, to talk to these social media companies about any protected free speech except for cybersecurity threats, national security threats, criminal threats. What's so, wrong so, with so, so, so he's a, yes, he's upset. This is a Trump appointed he's upset judge. That this is a this is that they, they need to be kept to the, a strict purview right. of, of whatever. And he's also upset. He thinks that what was the other thing he said? Uh, that right that before, quotes from the founders are conservative speech and not. No, American it, it was right before he said that. Oh, shoot. go back like 20 seconds. The entire executive branch, all these agencies. That that? Are oh, oh, this oh, is one of the, the fact that he calls the fact that he calls this injunction micromanagement as if as if, you know, allowing the government to micromanage the way that people speak across all social media. That's not micromanagement to the detriment of a free society. This is micromanagement to take away powers that these agencies never had. Hey, Frank, today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. 
Oh, thank God. I know. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like passing a note in class and having the teacher read it aloud to everybody. No one else has to know about your crush on Stacy's mom, Frank. Nobody. Oh, you know, I, I used to be a prolific note writer, though, and um, it was good. It was good times. Listen, remember those little things you used to do, the quad things, and you'd like flip them back and forth and then like a color would be on them? No, yep. Nobody needs to know the private message you're sending to your online crush. Nobody needs to know any of that private stuff, which is why everyone needs a VPN. Internet service providers know every single website you visit, and then they can sell that information to ad companies and tech giants who then use it to target you. ExpressVPN reroutes your network data through a secure encrypted tunnel so your ISP can't see or sell your online activity. They can't accuse you of being from Russia. They can't accuse you from being from anywhere but you where you choose to be. It's so easy. Just fire up the app and click a button. Rated number one by CNET and Tech Radar. I use ExpressVPN a lot to watch shows that I can't watch anywhere else and also to protect my top secret reporter, reporter data. Yes. Protect your online privacy by visiting expressvpn.com slash dark to light today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash dark to light. And you can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash dark to light. Yes. Once once the Biden administration took over, the very the very first thing that they did was barrage. Twitter was so barraged with censorship requests from the government that they granted them back end access to their portal so that they could report everything there because they couldn't handle the emails coming in from all the different White House uh, administration officials asking them to remove posts from social media. Literally. And and th- these idiots are the up here. Aggressive, Hold on. Far re- these idiots are up here arguing it. I have one more, I believe. Here, listen to this. Listen to this one. Hold on. That's what Ellie just went through brilliantly, the law here. What do you make of what this actually means in practice? If this were to become the final ruling and uh, withstand challenges in the Fifth Circuit and up to the Supreme Court, then what? FBI, CDC, DHS, DOJ... That would be startling, uh, in part because these agencies all use social them. media. They don't just, you know, sort of censor it and weigh in on it and ask a question here and there. They're propagating really important information. No about one's stopping health, them from doing about that. Public transportation, about safety and security. Um, for them to now suddenly have a hands-off attitude and let anything uh, run rampant across all of these platforms would just be radical. It would be it would be a very different kind of a country that we oh, have. Anything. It's hard to a imagine how they could do their work uh, effectively. Perhaps they would have to go to some other new platform and create something. No, there is no new platform that is not looped into this. This is every platform, loser. And there's there is a there's nothing in there that stops them from using them to to it's specifically mentioned. In the order, they specifically mentioned this very point. The judges at the fifth are not gonna. They're. I. I could. I would be stunned if they overturn this injunction. The way it's written, the way he laid out the facts, that there's a reason it took so long for him to get this order in. There is absolutely nothing in here. There's more here. Oh, you know the, the the irony. Also, let's take a the irony of watching all this right now, or oh, and listening to these these actors and actresses on CNN talk to each other around their round table as if they're, they're experts and, and they are, they're, you know, they're the interpreters 
of all things that go on in the world for the the idiots that still watch these televisions unironically the, the the real thing here is that what they're what they are complaining about is that there is some sort of a wedge that has been dra- driven between the government and all of these social media um uh companies and the way to get in the way of uh the the, the information that people pass with each other whether it's in jest whether it's real, whether the real opinions, whatever the hell it is, their industry was the first one to suffer this kind of infiltration. I mean, we're listening to literal fourth-generation mockingbirds right now. Yep. These are fourth-generation mockingbirds right now. Yeah. And and they're complaining that their mother, the government, mother government, which is exactly what makes CNN run – what gives them their mandate, which gives them their talking points, everything. They are upset that mother government has been pulled away from its new child. Yeah, here, this is when it was here. Just into CNN, a federal judge has just blocked the Biden administration from meeting with the heads of social media companies. This order is part of a lawsuit from two Republican state attorneys general. CNN's Vanessa Yurkiewicz has been following this story for us. Vanessa, let's take a step back and talk to us about the origins of all of of this. <laughs> Let's talk about the origins of this from a year ago that you've completely ignored because it's so damaging to you that you couldn't bear to report on it. Yeah, as you mentioned, Boris, this judge saying that key administration officials and key agencies can no longer communicate with social media companies. But as you said, this started right. in 2022 when two states attorneys generals, Republicans from Mississippi and Louisiana, filed a lawsuit. Mississippi? It's Missouri, you moron. You don't even know who the hell the plaintiffs are. Against the Biden administration, saying that the administration overstepped or overreached in terms of communicating with social media companies to try to combat COVID disinformation. (laughs) But these are the agencies that the judge has listed can no longer communicate with these social media companies. They include the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, the CDC, the FBI, the Justice Department, also including about a dozen key administration officials, including the White House press secretary and the U.S. Surgeon General. Now, those people and those agencies agencies cannot contact whether it's email phone text or media they can't contact them to demand that that platform censor americans free speech as if as if as if the the government would call these companies up every day and go so how you doing (laughs) twirling their hair chewing gum so how you doing they're just they're just it's anyway so this is ongoing then you know look Jen Psaki, we talked about this. We talked about the fight to depose Jen Psaki. We talked about the wiggling around back and forth. Again, please, if you are new to this or don't understand it, you can go to UncoverDC.com. You can go to my Twitter or my Truth Social account. It's the pinned tweet on both. I have a literally a running timeline. The very first thing I did when I was let back on Twitter was thread this case. There's a reason for it. We're looking at it today, okay? It's, it's very important. So all of the information that you need is there, everything that you need. Um, and, you know, we did a little over a half hour on this today, but obviously it's going to be ongoing. It's the, the most important civil liberties case in our life, lifetimes, in our lifetimes, like hands down, because it literally affects every single American, no matter your 
uh, gender ideology, your sex, your race. It doesn't matter. If you're an American citizen, this affects you. So. Yeah. Yes, it does. And yes, God, it does. God bless the judge who is hysterically funny. Such a, 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 a um, staunch constitutionalist. Just everything that you want in a federal judge. Judge Terry Doty is. And it's funny because when we were at the hearing, I was sitting in the, the, you know, the courtroom right in front of him. And he was, he was like looking at me because I was in like the middle. So there are aisles. And then I was sitting in the middle and I was really the only one in there other than the people involved in the lawsuit. And, um, I'm sitting there and he makes the statements about the protected free speech stuff. And my poker face just disappeared. And I couldn't help myself but go like that because I couldn't believe that the deputy attorney general of the United States of America was arguing that those statements weren't protected free speech under the Constitution. Hey, have you have you watched any confirmation hearings lately? Oh, Tracy? gosh. Have you watched yes. any any uh, congressional hearings regarding anything with with nominees for certain yep. positions or or experts on one matter or another these people are masters of obfuscation of a diversion of, of 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 just i mean they and they they represent a whole different dimension a all another dimension of existence they we are dealing with insane people and they are less and less inclined to hide what they represent. And and, and again, it's the the, the, um, the very convenient backstop or the very convenient um, position to take on any of this stuff is, well, he's a conservative this, conservative that. It's really a, a free speech is American. Uh, it is very, very broadly protected right, uh, at least on, on a federal level. And... Um, and really, this is just about also acknowledging that it just so happens that not only that conservative thought is usually something that disallows a central authority from seizing power it was never intended to have, but it also just so happens that progressive thought enriches a government with powers and it allows government to seize powers it was never supposed to have isn't that amazing that you're progressive if you give your rulers more power over, over you, you literally all of the power over you it's not even isn't it great uh, it's just it's well, just it's just incredible incredible what do you want to be do you want to be a a stiff conservative or do you want to be a progressive let's be progressive frank so, you don't want to stay stuck in the mud, do you? Keep progressing. Uh, the clips I have today about this. Before we move on, I wanted to play some of this cocaine White House stuff, and I'm just debating about where I want to go with the rest of the show. But remember Penny, Nurse Penny, that came on the show? Um, yeah. Yeah, Nurse Penny and I have, you know, obviously had struck up a friendship. Um, and her son is, is you know, engaged and he's trying to get married and they had a wedding date set and, you know, he's kind of struggling and it's a longer story that you can read in the comments that I'm going to show you. And I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do this for Penny and her son. He was driving home and the axle on his car snapped and like, it's a long, long story, but he, he needs to fix this car because without this car, he can't do any of the things he needs to do for the rest of his life to happen. So Penny's trying to to raise a little bit of money for her son um, 
and his and his issue. And I say there are some times in life where, you know, you're down in the dumps and everything is going wrong for you. And you just kind of need a little bit of a feel better. It's going to be OK. And I think this is one of those times for Penny's son. So I will share the link to the Give, Send, Go in the show notes and I'll put it in the chat as well. But Penny Penny could use a little little love and so could her son. So we're going to try and help her out if you don't mind, Frank. No, not at all. Yeah, she she needs she needs that the, the little just a little trying to raise four thousand dollars to repair the car so that he can go on with the rest of his life, get a new place, marry on time for goodness sakes. Um, <laughs> it's just a big situation. Thank you guys uh, for considering. I know it's hard out there for everyone. Okay, drugs in the White House. The drugs have changed. Which little- uh, which I can I just say I wish was the the worst, um, the worst of it. Now, I, I actually assume that everybody in the White House is on drugs, and that is not even a joke. I assume that there is such a high level of drug abuse that goes on inside of the bureaucracy and Congress. I don't think that there's any – this this is, in a way, a political food fight. We there's, there's no reason why we shouldn't assume that the president's drug-addled family isn't involved with it until the, it is proven otherwise. Why would we assume otherwise, especially when Hunter's – hanging out there i mean why not i mean we we under we've seen him smoke crack you know but but other than that i this is just a natural assumption to me it doesn't have to be under biden i assume most people in the white house are on drugs listen it's probably happened a gazillion times before why they're finding this bag randomly is a different story or if it wasn't even a bag we don't even know it could have been a brick for all we know but they've changed the location of these drugs 75 million times And there's a whole bunch of nonsense. Like, this came out last night. We'll play it real quick. Kelly, the big change is where this was found. And it was found, um, by my observation, in a much more secure place, limited access place, than that West Wing reception area. It's still a publicly trafficked, a frequently trafficked place. But it's down near the Situation Room, right off West Executive, down below. And normal people, just average people, just can't get in there, even with the entry from the Northwest Gate. Well, let me let me bring you up to date with the reporting that I have. What we have learned is that there are, in fact, two West Wing entrances. You know that. I know that. But for the benefit of our audience and now the investigation has progressed. And so they're saying the West executive entrance, which, as you noted, is closer to the situation room and closer uh, to uh, the Navy mess where there's the facilities for food and so forth. It is uh, also next to West Executive Drive. That's where, for example, the vice president's vehicle is parked. Kelly, the big change is where this was found. So, yeah. So now it's in a very, you know, it's in a much more secure area than the cubbies where people keep their phones and stuff. Sean Davis says, here, let's one more clip from Fox News. Joining me now is Sean Davis. He's the CEO and co-founder of The Federalist. Sean, good to see you. If I didn't know any better, I'm... It almost sounds like the White House could be setting up Kamala here outside where the VPs parked. What do you make of the drips and drabs of how close to the Oval Office this cocaine you know, being found? How significant is it? Well, I, I'm fascinated by how the story seems to be changing by the day and by the hour. I mean, first it was found in the library. 
and then it was found, uh, no, in, in, in the executive man, mansion, and then they found it near the Situation Room, and now they're trying to blame it on Kamala. I, I find it amazing. I mean, uh, let, let's be honest here. We've Who's got Hunter Biden her? living in the White House. The guy has a, a long history uh, of addiction, of a cocaine. They're saying that because of the where they were found, they're, they're saying that's where Kamala usually spends her time. So they're oh, well, hey, this would be interesting then, because I, I think that the attention paid to this, it's, obviously, it's headline worthy. There's illicit drugs found in a, a cubby out there somewhere. Um, but I think the attention paid to this is a little ridiculous. If this is, in fact, a way to harm Kamala Harris, then we are in business here, because I always I always assumed that the prerequisite for removing Joe Biden prior to his uh, assigned end of his term would be to first get rid of Kamala Harris. Oh, you mean this Kamala Harris? I happen to have a clip of her ready for today, Frank. Let's listen to her. Well, I think culture is, it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And no. Hold on. We should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, no, it comes in the morning. (laughs) We have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language. And and, what is she even saying? She she needs she needs some cocaine. If it is because of her, it wasn't hers. And she's (laughs) such a maybe the cocaine would make her a good storyteller. Oh, my gosh. What the hell? She must have some. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Um, Speaking of culture, I have a, a long clip about the vaccines um and that study that was done that we referenced the other day on the show where 4.2 percent of these vaccine um batches are associated with almost 71 percent of the reported side effects um from them and this actually came from dr john carlisle's channel um we can listen to a little bit of it i I almost don't want to get into the topic today because it's so serious and I i think we'll save it for monday I'm going to flag it for Monday. What did happen, though, is Brandon Strzok went to New York City Pride. (laughs) And he he basically said, look, Pride is no longer about gay people. It's no longer about gay people. Here, here, here. So so, so do you identify as queer? Yeah. And you do so because it's weird. Yes, because I like to be weird. You like to be thought of as weird. Of course. That's very honest. Yeah, I'm wearing a skirt. Like, what I mean, what? I'm a man wearing a skirt and I have hairy legs. So, yeah, it's weird. Your honesty is refreshing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Who's your friend? Fuck off. <laughs> what did I do? I'm not sure. Uh, tell us uh, what brings you out today. Um, it's my 21st birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, it's my first ride after I came out as trans. So. Tell us about your trans identity. Um, so i non-binary, but lean more towards gender fluid. But um, What is the difference? For me, I don't know. I think it's just like the not the absence of gender, but the switch back and forth for me. 
that like the I sometimes it's more masculine. I don't know, he him. Sometimes it's feminine. So it's not just the like middle of the road. Do your pronouns switch when that switches? It's more of I use any. I don't really care. I mean, well, my town's very liberal, and so like there's a GSA at my high school. A majority of my friends are queer. So. It's eight minutes long. Please go watch it because every single person he interviews that identifies this way as either pansexual or or gender fluid or whatever looks exactly like that. Yeah, I I, I would want to not be me too, to be honest. If <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be me. Here. I don't want to be me anymore. I'm, they're all like. <laughs> So you're attracted to men, women, non-genders, trans, um, multi-genders, um, it's all of, it's anybody who identifies at anything. It's just, you know, it's just, you can be, it, it's not necessarily one thing, uh, a little bit of the other, but nothing at all. It's just, that, you know, it, it's a headspace of <laughs> nothing but everything. All at and, the same time. And sometimes a, a little of each. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, here. Buy me some butt stuff shirts. Has she been abducted? Uh, one time. What? And It was successful. She did get to do the butt stuff. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I know. Everything's wonderful when you get to have butt stuff. Um, I'm here with my dad on his first pride and my fiance and all of our gay family and we're having a wonderful time out here is your and dad we'll gay go, we'll go no, back to I the think... hotel and we'll make a, a a terrible mess for the for the the cleaning crew as we do butt stuff all over the bed it, it it's just the whole video is something else you really should god, watch god it's like you a really dumpster. should watch it's like the worst dumpster fire you can think of um, Frank, for you, the CIA, there's been recently declassified reading room documents about the finders. Yeah. Oh, more on finders? Oh, yeah. 324 page dump. I believe it was just. No, this was an old one he shared, but he's highlighting this guy's highlighting the finders right now. Oh, so it's it's the it's the one from two years ago. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And in, in the inside of the finders cult, uh, which is all CIA run. There was, I believe that was the one that had a really incredible one or two page out of nowhere drop of the confirmation of the tunnels under the McMartin school on the other side of the, of the, uh, the country that all, all Mother the Jones and else. Yeah. Yeah. Mother Jones and other places uh, ig ignored and, and denied it ever happened where they found the animal bones and they were they were doing satanic rituals with children at the school and. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. If you guys ever thought that this was fake news or a conspiracy theory, please check the show notes because and Frank's Frank's covered this, you know, at length on his show as well. The CIA was running an organization called The Finders that kidnapped children from daycares, locked them in cages on a farm in Virginia, subjected them to satanic ritual abuse, had them participate in orgies, blood rituals and the sacrifice of other children and then sold them as sex slaves overseas. The FBI discovered it and covered it up. In a nutshell, that's basically what this is about. And that leads to Franklin, that leads to Fox Island, that leads to Temple of Set. Yep. That's that's that is Psyops, it's Mind War, it's it's military intelligence. I mean, it's everything. It's it's uh Mossad, it is Maxwell, it's Epstein, it's everything. That would be um uh Aquino, 
who started the Temple of Set. He was um, the founder of the MK Ultra program. So- yeah, well, yeah, psyops, uh, psychological warfare programs in Vietnam. He morphed that into mind war in the the nineties. It's uh, it's everything. I mean, I mean, there's there's several. I mean, you, you can open up any door, and and if you keep following it, it'll lead to all the other ones. That's just. Uh, have you seen this woman who freaked out on the plane from last week? Yes, yes. And the more I watch it, the more I think that, I mean, she looks like she's physically healthy, but she seems intoxicated in some way the more I listen to her. I don't think so. I think she saw something. Whether or not she had a mental issue and saw something or she really saw something is up for debate. But I'm going to play it real quick because this has consumed my life the past week trying to find this woman and figure out what the hell happened here. Yeah, I would like to have her be interviewed because in the statements she makes on camera, she never talks specific. She just talks about this MF isn't real. All right. Well, she doesn't she doesn't say he's shape shifting before my eyes. I saw him blink a second set of eyelids. And that came from out of nowhere. OK, the people that have said that there have been a couple of people who have stepped forward and said, I was on the plane. Here's what I saw that were nonsense. The guy, the first guy that everybody's passing around who gives his account of how this person turned and winked at him in the description of his TikTok says, please don't believe this. Don't be so gullible. I just want to see how gullible TikTok is. It's all nonsense. It's not even true. Gotta find this girl. Here she is. I believe her. I do. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, I'm getting the off. And there's a reason why I'm getting the off. And everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two But I am telling you right now, that mother that mother back there is not real and you can sit on this plane and you can die with them or not i'm not going to listen see she's having a real experience the real question is what is making it real for her is it a uh, an alien or some sort of a shapeshifter a skinwalker in the back of the plane or is it a cocktail of drugs or is it just one too many cocktails reports about this story have said she got off this plane this plane was delayed for three hours to redo the security screening and everything she was allowed to then board another plane to her destination if she were high on drugs or having some kind of psychotic breakdown i doubt they'd let her do that and people are saying why didn't she get arrested why didn't she get arrested they haven't taken off yet you can't kidnap somebody yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they, they, you know what I mean? So it's not like they were in the air and she demanded the plane land. Correct. So there's that. And what else? She seems, she seems fun, though. She seems fit. She does seem very fit, doesn't she? My girl's quite fit. You and I. We'll end real quick with this clip of a man who is raising money for his breast pump so that he can breastfeed. Oh, I use breast pumps. Do you? Yes. How often? Uh, every I, night I, I feed I feed the raccoons in the back in the backyard. As long as you're not feeding the possums. We're okay. No, they're gone. They've been evicted. All right. Well, here is the, the very normal individual who wants to breastfeed. I've always wanted to be able to lactate. And today, my doctor, after my EKG results, said that she's feeling confident enough to start me on this medication. Reglin. And... Oh, it has oh some serious side effects. Oh, God. But I'm only going to be taking it for two weeks 
up to three weeks possible. Um, so within two weeks, I should be lactating. The rest is on me. I'm going to have to pump and keep a supply. This is the tough part. I have one pump. I need two pumps. And I'm, the, the amount of lactate, the amount of pumping that I have to do to lactate is going to require a better pump than what I got. I mean, I have electric pump. I'm glad. I'm really glad that I don't eat until about 2 p.m. every day because my stomach just turned and I, I'm, I'm happy that there's nothing in my stomach. This is where we're at, people. This is where that's we're at. Just, that's just, this is that's where we're just at. wrong. Well, listen, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Vale on the Pepto-Bismol and... Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. or 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also streaming live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Getter, and also on Twitter. Make sure you check out Frank's show. Gets into the little, the creepy, the nitty-gritty every Monday. Tonight, you know, you, know that, you know that guy Sal Greco? You ever hear Sal Greco's story, Tracy? Nope. He's a former New York City Police Department uh, uh, officer, and, and he pretty much left New York altogether now. And he was politically ostracized after many years of service here in New York for his uh, friendship with Roger Stone. No. Well, anyway, he's coming on. He's going to be calling in tonight for an exclusive about how he's been uh, he's getting, still being harassed by Eric Adams and all that stuff. So, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. And also... I'm going to I'm going to refer to this this episode in particular about um, Missouri v. Biden because uh, whatever. But we still got to get you to come on to to do a, a formal breakdown of this on uh, the quite frankly. Just let show. me know when, my friend. Okay. Yeah. So seven o'clock p.m. on quitefrankly.tv or also streaming live on Rumble. We'll be back on Monday, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.